Okay, so, uh, hello listeners, this is Devin, Kevin, and Nicole here, uh, and we are doing the introductory episode to Orpheus, a Netflix original series. Hi. Howdy. So, the format that this uh, episode's going to take is we're going to talk about the game, we're going to break it down to the parts. Uh, we're going to first talk about what Orpheus is, uh, the game, kind of some background on it, fill you in. Uh, the second part is we're going to talk about uh, the characters being played. And the third part is we'll talk about this game specifically and what we've changed and the kind of themes and like direction we're taking with it. And then at the end, we'll probably just talk about maybe more more, more specific things about the game, like uh, episodes or movies that inspired it and stuff. Uh, so let's start with uh, that first part then and talk about Orpheus. So Orpheus is a white wolf game that takes place in the Old World of Darkness that is a sequel to an Old World of Darkness game called Wraith the Oblivion. So let's break this down. White Wolf was a company in the early 90s that was the killer app that knocked uh, D&D out of the most played RPG uh, system. Uh, yeah, it came in, it swept everyone off their feet, and everyone kind of fell in love with it. All those uh, nerdy kids and gothy chicks in high school uh, that didn't like D&D because of shit uh, saw a wad and saw ways to unsubtly play out erotic fantasies in high school. And very really, unsubtly. Very yeah. unsubtly. And just totally bit into that, got onto it, and... Yeah, it was a runaway train. Uh, early early White Wolf stuff is fucking glorious. Late White Wolf stuff, like the, the late 90s and the early 2000s, was pretty shit, and the company eventually folded because of the weight of their own shittiness. Promethean? Promethean was not... Anyway. Um... <laughs> uh, so that's what White Wolf is. White Wolf is dead now. Dead and fucking buried. Fuck those guys. Really? Oh yeah, the company folded um, a couple that. years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. They couldn't make money anymore, so they sold other properties to the people who make the MMO EVE Online, and the EVE Online people were going to make a World of Darkness MMO, which was going to be pretty neat looking. And then they realized they couldn't, and they didn't want to promote a competing MMO for EVE Online, so they didn't do anything <laughs> with it. Of course. So all the properties uh, 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 EVE Online's company owned went to a new company called Onyx Path Publishing. And they're the ones doing all the old right. WAD stuff. They're, they're the ones who are producing the 20th anniversary editions of the old WAD games like Vampire, Werewolf, Mage, Changeling. Wraith actually had a 20th anniversary edition out. And because of the Wraith curse, which I think we'll talk about at the end of this podcast, and it is fucking horrifying, uh, it has been delayed almost as badly as Exalted we're coming on. Uh, the Wraith curse is something to be afraid of. Um... And now recently, uh, the co company that makes Crusader Kings, uh, Par Paragon or Paradise, Paradox Interactive, um, they've picked up uh, a bunch of the exalted, uh, a bunch of the White Wolf licenses and made a new company called White Wolf Publishing, who is now looking to continue the Old World of Darkness book lines in new editions. Good like, on them. Yeah, like they, they, they want to make video games as their core thing because tabletop RPGs are no longer profitable because the internet happened. Hmm. No one's paying 80 bucks for a shitty book full of shitty art anymore. Uh, but that's White Wolf's history. Old World of Darkness. Let's talk about that. The Old World of Darkness is this kind of gothy, 90s punk version of our world that every universal monster that's in public domain that White Wolf could write about is in, lives inside of. So you have vampires and fairies and wizards and werewolves and ghosts uh, and mummies are in there. Um... I think that's most of them. There's probably others I'm forgetting. It's not important. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
it's this kind of hodgepodge world that had its own super meta plot that ran everything. So the the game had a had an expiration date basically because every line had like NPCs that you couldn't beat that were in control of the story and stuff, and basically would drive how your characters, uh, what your characters would do. Your characters had very little agency in Old World of Darkness. It was mostly about you dealing with the writers and their story. Plus, an apocalypse was going to happen, so nothing you did mattered anyway. An apocalypse actually did happen in Old World of Darkness. Several happened, and nothing you did did indeed not matter. Hmm. Uh, to the point where White Wolf Publishing is making new uh, Old World of Darkness books that take place after the apocalypse has happened. Hmm. And continue the continuity and the metaplots. Uh. I know, uh. Now, in Old World of Darkness, there was Wraith the Oblivion. Wraith the Oblivion was the ghost book. You played ghosts. Um, there was an alternate dimension you go to called Stygia, which is a land of where things that died and, and were kind of remembered were. And you had to deal with your own ghost stuff, and there was, like, ghost politics, and, um... Unfinished business. Yeah, you know, whatever. It was fine, I guess. It was... Wraith is pretty cool. Um, a lot of the players who like Wraith are kind of the most shit-on players possible, because Wraith is, um... <laughs> the, the larger community kind of shits on Wraith players. Wraith is the, the coolest game you'll never play a full game of. Um, it has a lot of interesting mechanics that didn't appear in any other uh, games. It has really cool premises. It has an actual supernatural curse in real life attached to it uh, <laughs> that will kill you. And yeah, it was just very different from the other uh, WAD games. And no, it, it didn't do very well. Um, and, and it didn't get a lot of play because it's, it's a fairly complex in-your-face game. And it was completely destroyed. All of Wraith was completely destroyed by the mage and werewolf plotline. So after a while, the book just stopped mattering if you wanted to have them in uh, in continuity with the other lines. Literally, That's, your Wraith characters just died. It's really stupid. Also, it is. yeah, that or Wraith is really hard to play because you have to have characters that want that kind of like isolation. The entire game is your character's emotional issues. That's the entire fucking game. It's There's it's no, good. Like you can have monsters you fight, I guess, but that's like. So not the point of Wraith. It pulls a lot of the punch out of uh, Wraith for that. Like, people compare really bad political games. Like, say you run D&D and it's like Game of Thrones, right? Hmm. People compare really badly run versions of, of high-end political games to it's just five guys sitting in an empty room because it doesn't matter how far you are, you're always doing political stuff with each other. In a magical meeting room, yes. Well, yeah, you're always... Well, like, like it doesn't matter if you're the owner of a nation and you're talking to another nation. It doesn't matter if there's vast distances or whatever. At the end of the day, it's just two guys sitting around a table talking about shit and, like, mm-hmm. trying to get, like, stuff resolved and yelling at each other. Yeah. Like, no matter how big the world is, the yeah, world is always... Saying. Yeah, I'm just saying... Now, Wraith is... Well, that Ra- it be like well that. yeah, but that's what people compare bad political games to. Wraith is the opposite, where if you run Wraith perfectly, and, and, and kind of the way it is, it is five people in a room, you know, dealing with each other. And, and it is really kind of like like it all it almost pulls kind of the, the the narrative and the wool away from your eyes when you're playing an RPG. Mm. Like it, it basically boils down to you trying to make these people people and everything else falls away. It's pretty cool. Um, I've never seen a successful Wraith game run. I've never been involved in one. I, I've never read about one. They're out there. Uh, Wraith is cool. Um, it just has kind of you know it. It's, it's a higher that, concept than a lot of the other uh, World of Darkness. It is games. much higher concept than the other WOD games, and it, it just that reflected in you know it wasn't read, it wasn't it wasn't for its time, but it has enough of a fan base that people came back for a Kickstarter for a 20th anniversary edition of it, which includes rules for Orpheus because Orpheus didn't get a 20th anniversary. Nice. Yes, yeah. oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Except you know the creator is beset on all sides by horrible things happening to him because of the Wraith Curse. 
So it's being delayed constantly, like two exalted levels of delayed. And we all know how, how much the writers of Exalted like to delay their work and not hand in a project on time. <laughs> so. <laughs> Look at your face, Kevin. <laughs> they're just happy with turning in late products. That's their work ethic. Now, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving one layer down from Wraith the Oblivion, we have the game we actually are fucking playing here. Orpheus. Uh, I guess its subtitle was Don't Look Back, because that's what mythical character Orpheus wasn't allowed to do. He wasn't supposed to look back or his wife would get sucked back into ghost town where Hades from Hercules hung out with his fire hair. You know the myth of Orpheus? You're giving me... Nicole's giving me a look like she doesn't understand what we're talking about. Okay, so... It's a Greek figure? Yeah, yeah it's a it's Greek, Greek story. I know, man... that, I know that story, actually. I'm not understanding that it was named Orpheus. And also, I'm getting it confused with the Bible story about it, so... Whatevs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right, we won't do a myth. No, yeah, totally. Uh, okay, Kevin, go for it. Okay, so this man, his, he loses his wife. I think she gets sick, or she dies before her time, basically. So he goes down into hell, and he makes a deal with Hades, and Hades in Greek mythology is actually a pretty cool guy. So he's like, you know what, if you can get her, if you can take her out of here without once looking back, if you can trust me and her that much, then she'll be free. And he's almost there. He's at the entrance, I think. He takes her all the way through hell. Not once does he look back, but then he starts getting nervous. He starts to wonder. So just before the entrance, he looks back, and she's immediately pulled back into hell. Yeah, he looks back to see her at that moment being dragged back into the underworld. That's really fucking stupid, because if you're already at the exit, even if you're nervous, just go through the exit, and then look back afterwards. I guess it's supposed to be a metaphor for pride, trust, having sex with swans. It's a Greek myth, man, I don't know. <laughs> there's so much having sex with swans I don't know how literature works Skyward's all like what <laughs> uh, so that's 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 a thing about its subtitle <laughs> but Orpheus is a game that takes place after Wraith and it assumes things are different than how the original Wraith ran for instance uh, the idea that it's in the old world of darkness where other supernatural creatures exist that's fucking bullshit that's not in the, not in the game the only supernatural thing about the Orpheus world is that ghosts are indeed real and the, the shtick with that is that um, your characters are projectors. Uh, people who basically can cause their body to die leave their body as a ghost that's still tethered to their body and go about and manipulate the ghost world and interact with spirits. Um, what the fuck would be a good movie? Uh, kind of like The Frighteners, actually. You know what? Oh, Ex- yeah. Exactly like The Frighteners. For some reason, the Orpheus book, it was trying to be topical at the time and it kept referencing um, uh, The Sixth Sense, which never made any sense as far as from the player's aspect was concerned. Yeah. Because yeah. the kid can only see ghosts. He didn't, like, like it wasn't a perfect fit, but Frighters was a perfect was fit. where the kid has still projected, though? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. I think that's recent. But at the time, I, I guess Sixth Sense was really popular, so they, they wanted to include a lot of references to that in the book yeah. for some reason. But Which really doesn't make sense. It, it's the Frighters slash Ghostbusters. Yes. Basically. That's like, well, he doesn't actually project in um, the Frighters either. Yeah, he does. Remember? He he goes into the freezer, dies, his body... Oh, fuck! Yeah, I totally forgot about that part! He also, flatlines. Also, Devin, there's literally a movie called Flatliners where they specifically flatline themselves. I don't know if that came out when Orpheus project. came out. It probably came out before. It's a really old movie. It was good that I remember. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. But Sixth Sense was popular, so it got top billing. So, um... In Orpheus, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're projectors. And they come in two flavors. Um, the Orpheus group is a company that figured out that astral projecting was real. 
and the public kind of knows <laughs> like it, it understands that Orpheus exists and Orpheus, you know, is able to like like deal with the afterlife and deal with ghosts and the world kind of know that ghosts are real now. It's not like a government conspiracy, it's just people who see it believe it, and people who want to believe it believe it, and people who don't believe it don't believe it. But it's not like, you know, men in black are coming to shoot you in the face because you're talking about ghosts. Ghosts are real. People you know, people believe in ghosts as much as people believe in the flat earth, or as much as they believe in uh evolution versus creationism. Everyone tries to turn a fact into a, a point of view or whatever. Hmm. Like, you know, you know, like the, how like that there, there was a debate with with Bill Nye the guy who runs that creationism uh, museum designed to make evolution look stupid. <laughs> uh, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't know that evolution is real for a fact because you weren't there. Yes. Well, yes. Sorry. Even though evolution's clearly a fact. Yes. But that's kind of how ghosts and Orpheus are taken. Like it, ghosts are a fact in Orpheus. Fucking ghosts are real. People go either way with it. it. Just you know, it just depends on who you're talking to. So, What's the popular opinion? Like, if you well, the popular you opinion know, is that no one cares. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't really affect their lives. So yeah. exactly for the people who have a people who have like a you know dead cancer kid, they'll they'll definitely want to believe ghosts are real because little Timmy's there, you know, hanging out with them and like they can feel his spirit. Yeah, but like the the housewife who's just like, oh, I'm living my day to let day. She's not gonna care. She's yeah, like, ghosts are real. Yeah, I'm sure it's real. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's actually fairly cool that that's the, the direction they took with that. Hmm. Um, so the two types of rejectors that the Orpheus group employs that exist are uh, sleepers and skimmers. So sleepers were the first type of projector to ever exist because uh, Orpheus group used to be a cryogenics company. <laughs> and this is how they figured out how ghosts were real. Um, a, a sleeper is someone who is who when when they want them to to flatline or go zero or die and start after projecting. They put their body inside a giant uh, cryogenic freezer. They drain all of their bodily fluids and replace it with medical antifreeze to keep your body from rotting. And then they freeze you in and bring your heartbeat down to zero. They literally kill you. Uh, and then your body leaves, your, your your spirit leaves your body as it dies. And you can go about a walk as a ghost and see other ghosts and hang out with them. And you have ghost powers because right now you're technically dead. So ghosts actually have powers and, and you learn to use them and manipulate them and affect the world around you. Mm. Um, the other type of projector are skimmers. People who, they've advanced the technology to the point where they don't want to use cryopods anymore. But there's some people who can only use them. But skimmers are people who know like yoga, deep breathing. They take certain drugs in the beginning and then they don't need them anymore. And they just sit down, start, you know, actually lowering their heartbeat by willpower alone. And their body drops to zero and dies. And then their body, uh, their spirit leaves their body and there's like a silver astral cord, like as in many mythologies. And that cord basically pumps the body with life and keeps it from rotting. Do they really not want to use the cradles anymore? Because you need it for longer term stuff. The cradles are expensive to maintain and uh, they don't use the cradles anymore because skimmers are more uh, versatile. I guess. As field agents, skimmers are easier to, to use. I guess. Um, the meat suits have to be closer and they just don't have to actually do No, anything. there's no range. But cool, never mind then. But still. It's just certain people can only astral project through the, the tanks. And they're like, yeah, well, that's what the tanks are for. But people who can be skimmers are converted to skimmers. I don't really like that. That makes it sound like one's clearly inferior to the other. It's not. They're basically equal. It's just, it's expensive to have sleepers. And Orpheus is a company. An early 2000s company. One thing it loves is profits. They're probably trying to slowly filter out the caskets. 
as uh... Oh no, they take they, the Orpheus group is so hungry for sleepers they take anyone. Mm. But they're trying to find better techniques for making sleepers into skimmers, and it's just not everyone can do it. Yeah. It's just a fact. It's like, hey, can you jump eight feet? No? Well you can't be a super basketball player. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. So, you know, you're whatever other basketball players are in this analogy that's awful. It's <laughs> <laughs> really terrible. Whatever. Basketball. <laughs> um, so those are the two character types. There's a third type where you actually play an actual ghost that Orpheus still keeps on the payroll. Like, they, they literally pay your salary, and you can just have your salary sent to wherever you want to go. Maybe your family. I don't know. Maybe just people you hate. Or in a pile that you can, like, ghost around in a room. Ooh, early 2000s American dollar. <laughs> and uh, generally it's considered, like, a second life for characters. For people who are playing, like, a skimmer or a sleeper, if you die, you can just play a ghost. Yes, projectors who die immediately become ghosts. Hmm. Uh, so you basically have a cooked-in uh, extra guy. <laughs> like, you have a, you have a one-up. Mm-hmm. Um... So it's not recommended that you play ghosts from the get-go, unless, like, this is, like, later on in the campaign, and, you know, you, you, you just want to play a ghost. Mm-hmm. Whatevs. But, yeah, if a character dies, they come back as ghosts. It's really hard to kill characters in Orpheus. Uh, I looked into it. Really? It's shocking. Like, people were saying Orpheus is lethal, but maybe I'm not reading the rules right, but it's, it's shockingly hard. So Orpheus is, um, just to get back on track, Orpheus is a giant American company. Uh, that's made its money because it has a bunch of cryogenic rich people who were frozen and they're slowly unfreezing as medical science catches up with the times. Because mm. cryonics also just works at Orpheus. <laughs> that's another setting break there. Uh, yeah, cryogenic suspension and, and putting you to, uh, in a freezer while you're terminally ill. That just works. And that's how they figured it out because some of those people start to astral project when they're in the tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just, you know, studied that and figured it out from there. Um... So Orpheus is rich. Orpheus charges a shit ton of money for its services because they're the only place in the world that has projectors. Like, there's two knockoff companies that exist, but they're really shitty at it and have really terrible um, operating procedures related to ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. So what does Orpheus do? Uh, Orpheus ha- uh, is most famous for just, you know, communicating with people who are dead on behalf of people who can pay. So the most famous example in the book is, and this is the one that made Orpheus really popular, is there was a software company, and they had to release their newest uh, piece of software, and the lead software developer died. And he was the only one who knew the password to the to the release uh, slice of the software, like the, the release version. And if it didn't get released, they were going to be in a bunch of shit and lose a bunch of money. So an Orpheus group went into the building and was actually able to find his ghost, and, was, and it was like almost non-sentient, like it was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And they were able to use their powers to kind of bring it to life and like like help that ghost kind of become self-aware. Mm. He, they were able to get the code from him, help him with his unfinished business. He passed on, you know, and they were able to unlock the software and make a bunch of money. And Orpheus made money. And everyone made money. And everyone was happy. So that's the main thing. Orpheus also uh, does what's called um, uh, relocation uh, jobs, where they'll go into a house that's haunted, like someone who has a haunted mansion or a haunted hotel will be like, we're fucking haunted. And Orpheus will go and check. And they'll be like, yes, you're haunted. Here's the price to get rid of it. And then you guys, your projectors go in, they tell the ghost to get the fuck out, and the ghosts usually just comply, because you usually negotiate with them. And Orpheus sometimes recruits those ghosts to, like, be part of the team, and pay them money, and help with their unfinished business. Take your shit, and put it in a box. Get, get, get your shit together. Move it the fuck out. Uh, then there's another type of mission called fumigation, which is where Orpheus sends uh, the projectors into, a, uh, into an area to kill the ghosts inside. Kill them so they don't come back. 
like say if someone's mistress uh, died because it's really shady and she was I don't know murdered and she's like telling secrets or haunting the dude's actual wife. Time for her to time for her to go into a box like in seven. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? We should watch seven. Uh, <laughs> no, we shouldn't. You wouldn't be able to watch that. Like, there's, oh, you're there's right. nothing in there's here. There's a lot of squick humor. There's just like this ghost woman's head in there screaming forever. Yeah, so Orpheus also, um, in the books, Orpheus is also known for doing kind of black ops missions. Um, like, th- these are off the books, and it's wet work, where they'll be like, kill this guy! Or, Do it for money! Or industrial spying. or Yes, yeah, spying on other companies. Um, Even really shitty ones, like, find out if like, oh, someone's stuff's, cheating on them. That stuff's not that illegal either, it's just like... They're like a detective agency. Mm-hmm. So a rich girl, a rich girl will be like, my wife is cheating on me. Figure out, I get proof for me so I can divorce her and I get everything and she gets nothing. And it's like, okay, projector, you're going to just follow this dude's wife and watch her bang her way through his entire hotel staff. That's great, but how are you going to get proof? Then you're going to get proof of that and you're going to bring that back and present it as evidence because you're, we're a detective agency. Mm-hmm. Done. They also do haunting uh, assignments. Which is my personal favorite. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll spook people out. It's like, what? These people bought a house from you at a really low price and you want them to leave so you can turn it into an apartment building and make more money? We'll scare that family out. <laughs> uh, rubbing money on their faces. The Orpheus doesn't care. So, you know, th- these are missions that they talk about in the Orpheus book that are a little more on the down low, a little more skeezy. And Orpheus is really great at making money. Um, produces well. It produces well. Um, so ghosts in Orpheus. Ghosts have not been older than about five or ten years. Um, the leading theory is that ghosts simply stop existing and like they can't keep together after a set amount of time, which is why you never find older ghosts or evidence of older ghosts, even though there's just shit tons of lore about ghosts in the history of the Earth. <laughs> you know, so that explains why there's no like Rasputin ghost or, I, I don't know, a Pope ghost. Mm-hmm. Pope ghost? Yeah, all right. Um... <laughs> in that dress it's just like the 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 actual explanation uh <laughs> that they give is that wraith the oblivion was real mm-hmm. and one of those stupid fucking apocalypses from the other white wolf metaplots happened and destroyed the wraith setting in such a way that Ghost all the apocalypse. ghosts yeah all the ghosts that existed before the apocalypse are gone and the ones that came after are the ones that exist in orpheus Okay. Like, you had ghosts from World War II. There's an entire supplement for wraith called wraith the great war which lets you play in wraith during world war ii what, you're, like, fighting Nazi ghosts? And well, like, you're trying to do deal with your unfinished business while Nazis are a boot. And then you're, like, in the bunker with Hitler, and he's like, fuck, do it, do it. Fight yeah, you're possessing so can... Hitler, and you're making him blow his own brains out. Uh, I should also point out for, for fans of Wraith that there there is a book in Wraith um, for Europe that deals with the Holocaust and concentration camps. Isn't and it is, it is widely considered to be... Um, really really well done like it, it touches on it really tastefully as opposed to the other white wolf book that de- deals with gypsies called world of darkness gypsies Shit. which is widely considered to be a hate crime right? <laughs> and thieves. gypsies traps and thieves yeah it, it is not that that book is not kind to the romani people and is basically blackface we would have do not play. look into okay don't look into world of darkness uh, gypsies but do look into Roll of Darkness Gypsies. It's fucking we have to, If we ever did a game of that, we'd have to play Cher's music. Oh, like the, fudge, man. It's like the intro and the outro. Oh. We can just not play that game. We, we just cannot. Yeah, it is It is super insensitive. Um, Don't men have a witch's subtle? Like, 
Yeah, they do. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. They have witches? Witches, bitch. Really? Is that basically just mage? No, no, there, there's a old world darkness splat for play people who have supernatural numina. Oh, right, that was just the humans with, uh... Well, they also have other stuff. There's other stuff in Old Wall. There's stuff in New Wall, too, though, that lets you play actual witch covens. Okay, yeah, because yeah, there's different types of witches. Like, you can play, yeah. like, a voodoo priestess, you can play, like, you know... Yeah, I wouldn't have trusted uh, late 90s wad, which was the Gypsies wad, to no. do voodoo or any sort of ethnicity outside of America properly. They they did a they did a supplement on Vancouver for the uh, werewolf. Remember that? <laughs> oh, man, is it bad. Holy shit, is White Wolf shitty at that stuff. Anyway, I think we're getting a bit off track. We are getting off, off track. But but the one about the Holocaust, it's, it's actually apparently really well done. Huh. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of seeing what good writing looks like, apparently that's the one to look at as far as tastefully dealing with a really touchy issue goes. I don't know if I could play that game. It sounds no. like way too depressing. No, we're not We're not going to play in, in Auschwitz. That's I mean, It is a wraith hub, though. It, there's a lot of wraiths there. Yeah. I'm going to play a ghost and Frank. Ghost Frank. My entire mission is to fight Hitler. Well, the girl in the red dress from uh, Schindler's List. That too. Okay. That works. Yeah. So. <laughs> Moving on. Well, I just, this establishes that ghosts did exist in Orpheus, and they don't anymore. And they, they do now in the sense that they fade out over five years. This is not true. Ghosts will last way longer than five years in Orpheus. It's just that they think that all of them are gone. Leading theory. Um, it's not really spoiler territory revealing this. It's just, hey, it's a fact. There were ghosts before, there are ghosts uh, in the middle, and now there are new ghosts. And they're all they're all alone and don't understand. So there's no ghost super society, there's no ghost uh, Illuminati conspiracy, there's none of that bullshit in the other WAD games. Everyone is new, everyone is worried, and everyone is afraid. Because no one knows what's going on. There's no one to mentor the new ghosts or the new projectors. Mm-hmm. Even projectors are basically brand new. Mm-hmm. Like, they just started showing up. So oh, well, there's basically like mythology about projectors in all different cultures. Yeah, astral culture. projecting and that shit, that's all there. So there's mythology, but there's not like someone who's like, this is exactly what happened to me, so this is exactly what's going to happen to you. Yeah. That there is in the other one splats, like vampire or werewolf or mage. Where there's always someone older than you. There's always like an this. elder there to kick you in the junk because you're a neonate. <laughs> um, so how the player characters are chosen is Orpheus is doing the social media thing a little bit early in that they are paid attention to surveys and quizzes and registries and censuses and finding people uh, who have had multiple near-death experiences. Because near-death experiences are one of the qualifiers to being a projector. Have enough of them and have enough of the right circumstances in your background and you'll be able to be inducted as a sleeper or a, a skimmer and able to project. Uh, without that right combination of background, you're just a normal person. You, you don't have that kind of the ability to actualize as a projector. Uh, so they go to schools, job fairs. They they pay police reports to like have you know undo- you know police reports to get names of people who are in like car crashes and names of people who are like in like suicides and whatever who survived. And they just they just go for those people and hire them out and pay them a pretty good salary. Like this is early two thousands, and I think their starting salary is like. 50 grand in the United States with a full healthcare plan. Jeez. It's a really ridiculous salary, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's something that I think anyone in today would take because it's a really good pay plan. Uh-huh. Plus like health insurance. Shareholders, they give you a company vehicle, they comp you for most of your expenses. And if you're a sleeper, um, you know, the one who goes into the cradle, uh, and sleepers usually stay under for months or like, you know, weeks at a time because it takes longer to get them in and out. If you're a sleeper, they pay you OT, bitch. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> they also uh, there's a mandatory two week uh, vacation, vacation between each time. Yeah, you, there's mandatory uh, vacation time for the people going to the cradle because uh, they don't want to overstress uh, sleepers until they die. Yeah, yeah. paid vacation too. So it's just... oh, 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 yeah, they want to keep you guys happy because you're rare and there are competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the players in this game and the other NPCs that are projectors in this game all come from that sort of background. Multiple near-death experiences, uh, a life that kind of focuses around death or tragedy or sickness or accidents, uh, the kind of personalities that get focused on that uh, or just have it happen to them enough that, that it lets Orpheus kind of bring them in for a meeting, you know, test them, and usually they'll have, like, a projector who's a ghost in the room kind of, like, testing out your aura to see if, like, you have the hooks necessary to kind of hook into uh, being a projector. And they'll just hire you out of high school. Like, you know, if you just turned 18, 19, whatever the age of work is in America, they'll just hire you up with that salary package. They'll train you up, they'll show you what to do, and then you're part of the Orpheus group. Mm-hmm. You're set for life. Um, there are other competing organizations in Orpheus. Uh, the, the most relevant is Terrell and Squib. Right, um, they're a pharmaceutical company that doesn't have a lot of projectors. They just they just don't have. Orpheus picks up too many of them, but they specialize in technology to find ghosts. Um, there, there's a thing called Curlian cameras. It's an actual thing. Look it up. Uh, there's an episode of X Files that dealt with it too. So watch that episode if you want to get a little kick there. But Curlian cameras are things that um, can snapshot people's auras, and they use that to kind of detect ghosts. Like, you set up one of these cameras on, like, a dead man switch, so if, like, if a motion... It's set up through a motion tracker. So if a ghost goes through the motion tracker, it snaps a photo of them, and from that photo, they can see the ghost and kind of get an idea of who it is and maybe try to put the screws on them. Um, there's a drug in Orpheus called Pigment, also known as Black Heroin. It's, it's this new designer drug that's shown up uh, that when you take it, lets you see ghosts like projectors do. Mm-hmm. It's also highly addictive. It's heroin, dangerous. baby. Yeah. Dying, well, dying of an overdose on it leads to very terrible things. If you become a, a pigment addict and die on pigment, you come back as a ghost. Yeah. Uh, a different type. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's two types of ghosts. There's spirits, which are just ghosts of people, and then there are hues which are ghosts of pigment addicts. And they're usually a lot... Um, they have less of a connection to the ghost world, but uh, they don't have some of the problems that spirits have. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think their main problem is that they're they're less corporeal, whereas, like, spirits' problems is they have a shadow, which right, we'll yeah. get into in a moment <laughs> when we talk about spite. Um, so Black Heroin, uh, what, what Terrell and Squibb does is they, they take employees who are, like, part of their task force for, like, dealing with ghosts... And they dose them on pigment that the employees have to pay for out of their salary. You know, heroin, addictive heroin, but let's see ghosts deal with ghosts. What assholes. Oh, they're awful. They're really bad. And they also have, like, like fences and cages that they kind of use their, their research on to, like, alloy with ghost stuff in the spirit world so that ghosts get trapped in the cages. Oh, cool. And, like, they can transfer them and bring them back to their base and torture them and their fetters, like, the things they care about until they agree to work with them. Okay, not so cool. Terrell and Scoob's awful. They're the major competitor for Orpheus, and they're they're much they're much worse at their job. And they usually w- one of the major campaigns in Orpheus is dealing with Challenge Group fucking up a fumigation mission and making the ghost worse. Oh wow! Oh, a Jason. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jasons. We'll get into all those guys too. But uh, yeah, Terrell and Squib is usually so inept at their job that they cause more problems for you to clean up. And Squibs just lets Orpheus do the cleanup work because then they don't have to pay for anything. Yeah, their their tactic is generally more burn and salt the earth than yeah. it is. Uh... Their shotgun approach, they capture. They, they are not a huge PR corp company because they have uh, pharmaceutical company money. Yeah, they're just straight up Blackwater. Oh, no, no, no. 
there is straight up black water. You're thinking of Next World, the right. third, the second competitor. Next World is uh, think of Blackwater Mercenary Group that also has projectors. So you know you take a paramilitary private army that also now has the ability to go into an enemy's uh, base, possess one of their soldiers, pick up a gun, shoot a gas tank, and kill everyone in the base. Or they want to find out where you are, they just send out a ghost, uh, a ghost to find you, track you down, know where you are, tell everyone else, and they just find you and kill you. They're very good at being you know mercenaries now. Mm-hmm. They have sleepers and skimmers. I, I think they have more sleepers though. Uh, like they actually have built their own cradles and whatnot. It's just yeah, they're horrifying. Um, and then there are problems in the ghost world. Uh, you have ghosts in the ghost world. Just people, ghosts of people who need to help passing on, and helping them pass on makes your characters better. It gives you a form of experience almost that helps level you up. Uh, and it's it's like a cathartic process where you kind of unhook a ghost from its its fetters that tie it down and let it pass on to the next world. That that really helps. That helps you. It makes you better. Ooh. It lightens up your soul, kind of. Hmm. And then there Doesn't are... actually, like, drain spite? Yeah, it, it clears up your spite and everything. Nice. Yeah. And then there are other types of ghosts. Ghosts that um, are weird and alien and monstrous. Most ghosts look like people. Um, until they start getting really hateful and angry, and then they start mutating and twisting to something monstrous. Something out of, like, a ghost horror movie. And then you have these things called specters. And specters are just the worst. Uh, they're, they're these horrible, angry, mutant, Cronenberg-esque uh, horrors that just are hateful to all life. And they hunt ghosts, and they hunt projectors. And they don't like you. And uh, they can't be reasoned with and stuff, and they're, they're a problem. Yeah, it's impossible to help them, isn't it? It's, Who knows? Not... It's too early on in the Orpheus uh, timeline to really know if that's possible. Mm. But specters fight to kill. Yep. Spectres are, are the big bad. Uh, ghosts and projectors, because when projectors project, they're not astral projecting in the traditional sense. They are literally dying and becoming a ghost until they go back into their body. So they're vulnerable to the ghost weaknesses, and the ghost weaknesses are spite. Spite is something that happens when you give into this, this hateful negative rage that lives in uh, ghost psyches. Ghosts, when they die, split into two uh, types of person. They split into uh, the ego, which is who you are now, but changed because you're missing large parts of your personality because you died. And the other half, the shadow, kind of a, like a Jungian psychology. So the ego is everything that was, that was positive about you and that you liked about you and that you thought you were really great at and thought that that contributed to you as a human being. And the shadow is all those dark lizard brain instincts and, and fears and hates and, and aggressive stuff that coalesces into basically another entity made of that. Uh, sort of Dark Link version of you. Hmm. Um, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know hues don't get them uh, because hues are weird. But uh, uh, ghosts, like actual ghosts, uh, end up actually having a shadow. Like I think it's another creature in the world that hunts you. Yeah. That is you. That's trying to turn you into a specter. Because if the shadow can overcome the ego, the two will morph together into one of those specter creatures. Yeah. Oh, shit. Aren't hues literally just both of them? Like they don't split into two. They're just they yeah. Hues, the hues are just yeah. They're just yeah. a dude. But, but projectors, when they project, they are ghosts, and they have that spite rating. They don't have a shadow hunting them. But if you let that, that kind of, those kind of dark passions build up, um, there's a good chance that if, it get, if your spite rating is represented by a, by, a, by a track called your spite rating, and if it gets high enough, you will die, your body will die on the spot, and you'll turn into a specter. You'll just flip over and die. I did not realize that would happen. Oh, my God. Don't build up spite. Spite is a death now. 
<laughs> oh, oh my god, guys. My, my character, guys. Oh, oh my god. You're screwed. Yeah, do not let Spike build up my or you'll die. My spite is so high and my other thing that's good is bad and so low. Virtue or Vitae? What the fuck is the Norpheus Vitality. Name? There we go. Go. Uh, projected entities have two stat blocks. Spite and Vitality. And willpower. Oh, yeah, I forgot about willpower. Uh, spite, Vitality, willpower. So Vitality is their corporeal health. Willpower is their ability to push through stuff. And Spite is their Spite rating. When their Vitality bottoms out, they, can, they start spending their willpower to get Vitality back. And when their Vitality burns out, they can start spending Spite to heal their track up. Their Spite goes up exponentially. Yeah, they're, they're not spending Spite. Spite is accumulating to heal them. Yeah, you're gaining Spite in order to heal. Yeah, you're tapping Spite, basically. Yeah. You're tapping Spite to increase it permanently to get more health. So we'll, we'll, call, we'll bring that up a bunch, called tapping Spite, giving it to your hatred and all that, and that, that makes ghosts heal. So if you hurt a ghost or a projector enough, and it, it wants to live enough, it'll just flip right over into being a specter and die. Uh, now, projectors have a health track, an actual HP track uh, from, like, old wad, like, like health bars. And the two different types can shunt damage uh, over their body in various ways to keep uh, being in the fight longer. Which is why I said it was shockingly hard to kill projectors. Uh, they have a bunch of options for not taking damage or for recovering from damage fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Like skimmers, whenever they take damage, it all, their body also takes damage. So you could take enough spiritual damage that your body just dies on the table. Yep. Uh, uh, sleepers can actually take spite... And because they don't have such a, such a strong connection to their body, they can push the spite into their body instead of gaining it, and their body just starts taking bashing over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just go back to their body and heal it up. So sleepers are much easier to, to remove spite from. Yeah, yeah. Or it's much harder for sleepers to flip. Like Flippy from Happy Tree Friends. <laughs> References. The looks on people's faces in this room. I just made a 2016 Happy Tree Friends reference. You are the worst... I know, right? Um, so that's kind of standard Orpheus. Um, you go on missions, you do missions, and the missions part's only supposed to be like the first five sessions before bad shit starts happening and the other five books kick in. That's a big load of dicks, and that's probably not what's going to happen here. Uh, but we'll talk about that in part three. Let's move on to part two and talk about the characters. Uh, so we got Kevin and Nicole here. Why don't you guys tell us a bit about your characters? And speak loud, because this microphone. Okay, I guess I'll start then. I am playing a character named Riley Reinhardt. He is a 19 to 20 year old from Australia. He was a frat boy who uh, was very happy-go-lucky, kind of exceedingly stupid, however. He experimented with a lot of A, pigments during parties, and then B, he started getting to darker shit, like the choking... Like, the choking game, and, uh... You know, the thing every trust funder does when they're bored. Basically, yeah. A lot of <laughs> stupid trust funder things. You're a fifth-generation trust funder. You're ba- you basically would stare straight up as rain's falling into your mouth and drown. Yeah. So, basically, he... That kind of accumulated into enough near-death experiences that he started... You getting know, more in touch. Getting more in touch. Uh, after he experimented with pigment, he gained an interest in the occult and started studying just a shit ton of stuff. Most of it was wrong, but... All of it was wrong. Not all of it. He knows things. He's got, like, occult three. You know stuff now, but Orpheus is like, oh my god, dude. Anne Rice is not a source material here. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, he knows a bunch of shit, but he also knows a bunch of shit. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like... he's filtering it out, basically, yeah. at this point. But, uh, yeah, he was recruited at his college through a... Uh, 
job drive. And, yeah, he just works there. He's very jovial and friendly. Kind of an asshole, as, you know, most frat-type guys are. <laughs> in that really clueless sort of way. Are you a rapist like most frat guys are? Wow, Devin. No. It's a valid question. No, Devin. <laughs> Jesus. It's a valid enough question about frat people. Um, yeah, he's kind of a bruiser-type character. He's exceedingly powerful. Heavy strength. Okay, uh, what, was, what do his parents think about him being a projector? They don't know he's a projector, actually. He tells them that he works for a charity. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. I guess I guess for Orpheus to function in the United States, it'd have to be a charity of some sort. Yep. So he just tells them he works for a charity, helping, you know, the less fortunate. And they're like, ugh. Yeah, his parents are horrified by that, but, you know, he lives across the country from them with his pit, pit bull, so... Uh, my character's name is uh, Emily Adair. Uh, she goes by M. She is also about 19 to 20 years old. She, uh, when she was very young, she got in a car crash with her family. So, you know, first near-death experience right there. But it actually um, basically affected her for the rest of her life. She has uh, basically a fluid buildup in her brain. So she has to go to the hospital every so often to get that drain. Uh, so, <laughs> well, they're actually they have like a shunt that they can put in, Gross. so they don't have to cut in every time. But yeah, she still has to go to the hospital and everything. Uh, plus, because of that, um, I believe when she was younger, she had seizure seizures before they figured out what the problem was. They took all her assets. Yeah, it, it was it was horrible. <laughs> it was just like they didn't even have any croutons. It was those disappointing. <laughs> seizures. A Caesar, uh, a seizure, or a seizure. Uh, so yeah, um, she's had quite a few near-death experiences. She's spent a lot of her life in the hospitals. Uh, and she's also, because of that, and because of things that she has noticed in the world, I'm not going to say seen, because I don't think she can actually see stuff before she's a projector. Um, but yeah, she, she believes in ghosts. She believes in the afterlife and everything. And she started, like, investigating. She started keeping a, um... A MySpace journal. You know, oh my so, god! Two thousands, right? That's that's the thing. That I think MySpace was MySpace around in the early two thousands, like two thousand two, two thousand. I think yeah. so. Yeah, that, was, that was that was what 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 was in at the time. I think. God, oh horrifying. I yeah. didn't have a social media until I did got Facebook in like two thousand eight. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she had like a she had like a MySpace journal where she kept like a log of all her stuff and like things like she, she like tried to kind of investigate stuff, not like going places, but you know she'd be like. Oh, they say that like this is the mystery of this place and stuff. Um, about it. Ex exactly. Um, so I believe that Orpheus actually found her through that kind of thing, and also she found out about Orpheus and was like, "Hey, I want to do that." And that's how she ended up at Orpheus. She is a sleeper. She is quite comfortable with the whole slowly sleeping into your death and then waking up again saying because of all the time she spent in hospitals it's a draining your bodily fluids and replacing with antifreeze yeah it's it's it is what it yeah. is yeah she, she's she's kind of used to that kind of like sterile hospital environment that most people find unnerving um personality wise 
she is she kind of plays the martyr a lot when she's in her in her meat um she acts you know a little more sickly than she actually is uh if people are going too fast she'll she'll be like no it's okay i'll catch up eventually and you know don't do it for me yeah exactly you're a piece of shit uh that's what she's like uh and she's you know this fairly pale because she spends a lot of times in a cradle and also in hospitals uh she has her head shaved because aesthetic and also because she has to keep going back to the hospital anyway so fuck it um so she looks the part of the sickly person anyways um she's also a dick she's a dick she enjoys making people uncomfortable and fucking with them you know those haunting missions that orpheus does oh she eats that up she she just loves that she'll do it when that's not even her mission she'll just dick with people just dick with uh, she specifically has powers that specifically help her dick with people even more. That's amazing. Yes. Um, I don't anything unless people have you questions. I actually don't. I think I think that's a pretty good breakdown of your character. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this game specifically. Um. You know, I didn't look up. I didn't look up where the Orpheus Group HQ is. I couldn't find it anywhere. I think it's just in California. Los Angeles or somewhere. Los Angeles? I assumed it was L.A. because everything takes place in L.A. Exactly, yeah. Special, not special K. (laughs) Yeah, there is no special K in L.A. No one's going to get that one. No. I hope everyone gets it. Only the people who are true chant warriors at heart will get the there is no special K in L.A. reference. (laughs) The heart of a warrior. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, so Orpheus Group is based out of LA. It has, like, a fairly large compound. Like, it has, like, uh, it's probably, like, in the hills somewhere where it has, like, a gated area and, like, fountains and, like, pools and, like, underground parking and, like, a large building, like, little smaller buildings around it. Kind of like University Campus. I was like, it's really fucking opulent. Then I remembered who their, uh, clientele was. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, one percenters. One percenters, lol. Uh... <laughs> So I guess, um, yeah, Orpheus is headquarters in LA. They, they hire uh, people who can ask project. They do ghost hunting missions. Um, like I said before, the meta plot of Orpheus is you actually are only part of the Orpheus group for like five or six sessions. And then Orpheus like goes away and it stops being about that. And then it starts being a road trip game. And then... Wait, a, you're playing Supernatural? Yeah, point? a little. And then 9-11 happens. Not the, not the real 9-11, because this takes place in like 2003. Then another 9-11 happens. A ghost 9-11 that the real world sees. Uh, and then after that, you run a you run a, a new type of Orpheus company out of a hipster brewery in uh, Seattle out of a brewery. Uh, it, it's literally... I'm not, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Uh, and then you fight Neo X Death from Final Fantasy Eight or Nine, the giant murder tree train. What? Uh, and then I think you save the world. That's that's from five. Neo X Death, the tree. X Death is from five. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's the boss, and you fight him uh, with your Final Fantasy party. This is literally what happens in Orpheus, guys. I'm not making this up. I'm embellishing a bit, but not by much. And then you save the world, and then the game kind of just. Stops. Well, I'm glad we're not doing that. No, it is. It takes the most interesting part of Orpheus being ghost facers who face the ghosts, and it just, it just, you do have like three sessions, and then, and then stuff starts happening. 
And it's like, hey, this game that you all wanted to play? No, lol. Yeah, the game does not support playing Orpheus outside of the first book. (laughs) But then you bought five other books. And everyone I've talked to who's played Orpheus, they always play it the same way every time. And it's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm sure... that's what they enjoy. Yeah, well, yeah, you can have fun with that. I'm sure if we played Orpheus right the first time, uh, like, like, not right, but like canon the first time, I'm sure we'd get a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. But you can only play that game once. Mm -hmm. And I've read enough Let's Plays about it. And I've listened to enough stories about it. Uh, shout out to Rob Sachs, actually, one of the, a gamer we, we used to game with. He ran Orpheus. Uh, he ran Orpheus like he's run Orpheus like three, four, five times by now, I think. Uh, in like the ten years I've known him, uh, him and this other guy called Chris and and this guy called Smick and Burke, they've all Smick. run it. Smick. I know it. It sounds just like who the person would be, right? <laughs> Uh, they've all run Orpheus three, four, five times to completion, I think, by this point. Um, and I've heard all the stories about it. I'll give a shout-out to Rob about Wraith. Oh, let it go, dude. Never! Not on the thing where Rob listens. Don't be, <laughs> don't be dicks. Um, yeah, like, like I've heard the stories too much. And, like, people will be like, oh, let's run Orpheus. And, like, it'll be when new gamers are around, so they can do the whole entire thing over again. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, but it's only cool the first time. And I've heard of it too much. And you guys are fairly ignorant about Orpheus, but I'd rather play our own game than get into the six-book metaplot that is that is incredibly, incredibly dated as far as writing quality goes yeah. uh, in 2016. Uh, Jiminy Christmas, guys. So I, yeah, I figured that just from reading the intro alone. You know, They had the short story at the beginning of Orpheus where it's like, some big name character shows up who's like, oh, I work for such and such. And- yeah, yeah, they, they, they name drop in the intro fiction. I'm supposed to keep track of, of like, like all these different NPCs that are not interesting. Mm. Uh, there, there, there are a bunch. There's, like, this prisoner ghost faction. Yep. There's, like, this drug trade. Um, Terrell and Squib and Next World and Orpheus, they all have their hands in some dirty history stuff with, like, named characters that come up over and over again. And then eventually certain named characters just stop appearing because the plots moved on from Orpheus to Supernatural to 9-11 uh, to Hipster Brewery game. And then those people that matter just didn't matter anymore. Uh, like, yeah, the, the named projectors in the book, uh, they, they show up here and there as their own kind of team mm-hmm. and do their own shtick. Like, they, they run some of the orgs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm not going to say Orpheus was badly written. I'm not going to say the metaplot is is incredibly retarded. It, it's obviously fun enough that, you know, it, it's well regarded. It's just, I can only be exposed to the Orpheus metaplot so many times across ten years before I'm completely, uh, um, un, there's no magic to it anymore. Yeah. And, and once I started reading the books, because originally I was going to make this a classic Orpheus run, once I started actually reading the books and seeing what the metaplot was, because I'd always dodged it in case I actually ever have to play Orpheus. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's nothing special. The people who run it make it special. People who run Orpheus make it super fun because the, the writing is very 2000s White Wolf. It is very, very self-aggrandizing and it's very, uh, the writers jerking themselves off-ish. With their char- player characters, yeah. Not even with player characters, just with like this, you know, they compared it to Alien. They compared it to The Sixth Sense. They, they compared it to all these, these classic horror movies because they wrote Orpheus to be one of those movies, basically. You're basically reading a, a very extended pitch for a movie or like a miniseries. Mm. Uh, which is why I call it Orpheus, a Netflix original a Netflix original series because it's supposed to be... Um, how we're going to play the game is we're going to break Orpheus down into uh, uh, like Sherlock, where Sherlock's like an hour and a half and it's like, a, like an entire self-contained story. 
we're going to do multiples of those uh, after we do this kind of first intro pilot. That'll be like, you know, the first session we run. It's going to be a pilot that kind of breaks you into the feel of it and probably won't be like uh, counted among like the major stories if this would ever be to, if this was like an actual TV series. This is the, like the pilot. The pilot would be like a special feature. It wouldn't be on the D- the actual run DVDs. Uh, so how I'm breaking up each Orpheus mission, which th- there should be a lot of, by the way, there'll, there'll be a, there'll be a fair amount of them is I, I watched recent horror movies and stories and video games and kind of put together a short list of, of things we'll go through in Orpheus's own way. Uh, like one of them is Five Nights at Freddy. Uh, the idea of there being a haunted animatronics kids place and there's like a lot of lore and, and background to it. Uh, yeah, one of the arcs is going to, or not arcs, but one of the, the, you know, hour long or two hour long quote unquote television episodes will be, you know, Orpheus and Netflix original series, Five Nights at Freddy's. And I'll be you guys dealing with that shit for like, you know, three or four sessions before it wraps itself up. Man. <laughs> Man. Yeah, right? I'm gonna get That's... stuffed into that fucking suit. Oh, it's gonna be so man. good. My body's not there, I'm fine. <laughs> Your body's there. You're not fine. Uh, another oh, word. no! Oh no, Colonel! The Colonel's gonna get stuffed into it. Who? What? Sorry. The NPC. The NPC's name is Sanders. I've, in my head, always called him the girl. Oh, well, he's expendable, so. No, not Oblivion. He can't see ghosts. He won't see it coming. We'll talk about that guy in a minute. Um, another one is Grave Encounters. If you haven't seen Grave Encounters, it is a found footage horror movie. I think, you know, one of them's on Netflix. Go and pirate these two movies. They're, I don't think they're buy-worthy. The first one is nothing special, Okay. But if you watch the first one, you'll be like, okay, whatever. That was a fan footage horror movie. Not that great. Upon watching the second movie, Grave Encounters 2, it not only immediately redeems the first movie, it makes both of them elevated to pure gold status. Yeah. Like, like it's... It, like, retroactively it, makes the first it movie. It retroactively good. makes the first... Yeah, it retroactively makes the first movie just amazing. You'll be laughing. You'll have such a good time with it. And it's generally... The second one is generally a much creepier flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one's good, but the second one, yeah. It was also filmed here in Vancouver at Riverview Hospital. Where we are there. never going. We should totally go there we for a session. We are never going We should there. live cast some of the, the some of the episodes no. from there. I went there. No. It was really creepy. Kevin's been there. I've been inside. Are you sure he's even here now? Are you sure he never left? <laughs> this is the worst horror follow-up ever. But like five years later, it's just like, oh, shit, I've been dead this entire time. <laughs> Look we at s- this apartment I lived in. <laughs> Just no. Just no. Uh, Grave Encounters is one. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy is one. Uh, what else do we have? What other kind of little ideas did we have? Uh, never so, seen or heard from again. Never seen or heard from again. That was a fun story we thought up. So never seen or heard from again. The premise is, and it's based off of the trope, never seen or heard from again. Uh, basically, in, in 90s and 80s television series, you would have a character... That would go somewhere, and because the actor was uh, fired, or because the actor didn't come back, the character's uh, whereabouts in the Wikipedia article will be, was never seen or heard from again. Uh, Saved by the Bell, uh, uh, on the Full, Full House did it, um, a bunch of them did it. Um, I think it's Leave it to Bieber, or Happy Days, where someone Happy just days. Like, Happy days. goes upstairs and they're never seen or heard from, from again. again. It's like a cousin or something. He goes up to get a snowboard. And then when they uh, go up into the attic one day, there's a skeleton up there holding a snowboard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the premise of that is, is the the Orpheus uh, projector is going into like a high school that's 
that that kind of like the kind of like a parody or like kind of like a, a friendly little jab at '90s sitcoms about teenagers like Zach Morris and shit. And it'll deal with like people being violently murdered by ghosts or something and never being seen or heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were the other ones? Uh, Marble Hornets was one. Marble oh, Har- Hornets. Now, listeners, if you haven't seen uh, Marble Hornets, you probably should. You'd probably get a real kick out of it. It is a fairly well put together story. Um, it, it has a breadth to it that you'll have to overcome to kind of get. There, there, there's a viewing order and stuff. But Marble Hornets actually sells DVDs of all of its seasons online. And you know what? I own two or three of those DVDs, and they're well worth it. The special features, the ambiance, the way they collect it all together for you. Marble Hornets was a was a live action kind of experience we all got to go through. I, I was watching the episodes when they were coming out. Oh, it was amazing! It was amazing because you got caught up in it. And it, it, again, it, it's found footage, but you feel like. But when it was happening, when it was on YouTube, and there were response accounts that the creators owned that were saying response videos, it felt real. It, it felt it like really did. It, it, it pulled the veil away. Ju- it put the veil over you just enough that you could feel like this could be real and that, that really got to you and it was nice it was cool. oh it was amazing it's still on youtube by the by it's just i would recommend buying the dvds because then you don't have to like you'll miss accounts you'll miss twitter postings and stuff like mm. there there's a bit it's a bit all over the place and the dvds collect enough of it that it kind of gives you the experience yeah like when they were first coming out um we didn't even know about the alternate youtube accounts that were giving actual things mm-hmm. yeah but that's fine like that that is that was part of it like them co- the new ones coming out, and then he's like, "Oh, hey, someone told me about this alternate account," and like that's when we discovered it too. Like that yeah. was really fun. That was part of the experience of waiting for them to come out, seeing what's going to happen to this person next. Uh, but now that they're all out, you don't, you're not going to get that experience of having to wait anyway. So you may as well just watch them on the DVD. Like, yeah, but uh, you know, well put together, and yeah, we we would probably do an Orpheus thing where you guys investigate some sort of you know found footage entity. That someone has been tracking, you know, using internet videos or a blog or something, or, or some sort of thing that has a history to it, uh, that 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 exists in like the 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 corners of footage and stuff that you guys can like kind of put together a mystery to. I think that will be more mystery heavy. Yeah. Uh, never seen or heard from again. Sounds like that's going to be a little more um, comedic, a little more dark satire. Mm. I hope, like, you know, this could come out and this this all could have been shit. Uh, and Five Nights at Freddy's is supposed to be scary slash violent. Yes. And uh, Grave Encounters is supposed to be just violent. Like, I think Grave Encounters is a specter. Like, a specter, your first full-blown, like, like huge specter that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And dealing with that and trying to keep people alive and shit in, like, a found footage setup. Oh, God, so there's going to be people there and we're like, oh, God. There'll be lemmings. <laughs> uh, whereas uh, Marble Hornets might be more creepy investigating stuff. And the thing with Marble Hornets, and the thing that makes it scary is it, it comes home with you. You know, when you investigate it... The, the thing you're investigating starts to investigate you. Mm-hmm. And that's frightening. Especially for, like, say, Nicole's character, who lives in a sleeper cradle on the Orpheus campus. You know, that's 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 not great. The cameras start, like, flickering in that room. Crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, did we have any others? You guys have a better memory trap for this I think stuff. we had one that was going to be a typical slasher, like... Uh, oh, yeah! Oh, Camp Crystal Lake! Yeah. Yeah, Return to Camp Crystal Lake. That's another one you can expect. We're basically giving you the, the, the TV Guide episode list and the synopsis of each one mm-hmm. from kind of the top down. Uh, Camp Crystal Lake will be another one, which is just... It's it's Jason. Watch out. Like, it's not, you know, the copyrighted character Jason, but... It's a- th- there's a type of ghost in Orpheus called a Jason. And its shtick is it's a ghost that possesses a human body, and that human body is basically hard to destroy. It's, it's kind of indestructible, and it just never stops. <laughs> uh, 
so that Camp Crystal Lake, and that that's violent. You know, there's not a lot of horror to it. Maybe jump scary. Maybe I, I think the the spookiness from Camp Crystal Lake is endurance, and that you will start running out of endurance as time goes on. Shit, because it, it never stops. There's no breaks. <laughs> it just keeps coming and coming. That it also seems like it would be like it follows. If you've seen that one. Oh, you know what? I meant to see it follows. It follows though is a pretty good movie. I hear. I, I like the premise. Uh, Red Letter Media. If you guys like movie reviews, go to Red Letter Media. But those guys, um, they did a review that falls. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot like it's like a slasher film where you can't see the actual slasher. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, like um, we should watch that. Or we should. Well, it's not that you can't see it as so much as it's more subtle, I guess. Without getting too much of the premise, I'm sure listeners can look it up. It yeah. follows. It came out like a year or two ago. Yeah, it follows. Um, but yeah, no, that that's something we should probably watch in preparation for those types of games. Um, and I think if, 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 can you guys remember any more I might have brought up over the last like year or so we've been kind of half playing this game? I think those were the main ones. I'm yeah, sure those we, are kind I'm of the sure main, more. these were the mini movies we basically put together that would feature your characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the only other one I can think of is, is if you've ever seen the found footage movie Affliction, uh, there are a lot oh. of, by the way, listeners, I just think could put it out there. There are many found footage movies out there that aren't pieces of shit like Blair Witch or Cloverfield. And they're very well done, very well put together, and, and they'll, they'll rope you in, they'll make you feel like you're there. Yeah, I really liked Afflicted. I forgot about that movie. Afflicted is good. I won't get too much into it because finding out what Afflicted is about while you're watching it, don't look into what it's about. Just torrent it, or it might be on Netflix. It is on Netflix. We watched it on Netflix. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still there. If it's still there, just watch it. Um, very well done found footage movie. Uh, foreign, like it, it's like it's in English, I think, or I don't even remember. But I'm it's pretty like, sure it's England. Yeah, it's English. Yeah, well, it's an but it's not like an American movie. Yeah, yeah I think these guys are from like Europe or something. Yeah, I, I no, they, they go to British. Europe in the movie. That's no, really. oh. but it's an American movie. Oh, really? I, I didn't know. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, the the other really good found footage movie uh, that would kind of would tie into Afflicted would be the Frankenstein Theory. Oh, that one was good too. That one was okay. I didn't find it as good just because I don't have the love of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that you do. I really <laughs> like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. I thought it I, it was that it was that book in high school I really liked and kept on with. Mm. Um, I think I, I think I, I can't quote it anymore, and I, I think I've lost kind of a lot of the drive for it. But you know, it's a movie. I, it's a book I can read and like. Uh, but the Frankenstein Theory is a really cool found footage movie that that deals with uh, Victor Frankenstein's monster in modern times. Um, not in modern times. It's like it's modern times. It's like this year, like not this year, but oh, the, the Frankenstein. We're not talking about Frankenstein's army. That's a different oh, found okay. footage movie. I was like, what? Which maybe we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but in the Frankenstein theory, it, it's the, the premise is is that this dude is a living descendant of the hum, living human, actual real person that Mary Shelley based Victor Frankenstein on. And this ancestor made Frankenstein's monster, and it's still out there. And this dude's tracking it through the Canadian wilderness and is basically trying to, to find it because it, it basically follows caribou packs. Yeah. And, like, where the caribou uh, migrate through, people die, and he's able to put it together. It's like an extended episode of Supernatural without hunters. Um, and it's just, it's good, well put together. Uh, Nicole and I lived up in, like, up in the Arctic on a, on a, on an Aboriginal reserve for, like, a year and a half, like, two years. And it's just, just this stark white landscape. There's no foliage, you know, it's just an empty abyss of snow. A beautiful desolation of ice up in the, the, the dark Arctic. Um, which really, you know, I like it. It's a great setting for, like, a found footage movie. You know, when, when the biggest, the biggest threat to the entire operation is it getting cold? You'll just freeze out there. Mm-hmm. 
so I don't know, that struck a chord with me. I think it's well put together. There's another found footage movie called Frankenstein's Army, which is Russian. And um, it's not quite as high artsy, but <laughs> it is 100% practical effects almost. And it, It's all it, practical effects, I think. Yeah, and there's like there's like seventy or eighty different monsters, and the monsters are straight out of Bioshock. They are big daddy diesel steam punky uh, people with metal rammed through them to be a fucking abominations that are also Nazis. Yes. And and, and the, the team just put together all these different costumes and effects that had moving parts and stuff. And it is, you know, if you like making costumes or doing cosplay and stuff, holy fuck, that movie was good for kind of. Getting your drive going to see how the team was working on the background on this shit. You mm-hmm. know what other foul footage movie was really good? Creep. Creep? It has nothing to do with Orpheus or ghosts, but it is really fucking good. That's the one where the guy wants to be a news specialist. You know, he reports on accidents and shit like that. I know. I, no, I don't. that's Night... Oh, Nightcrawler? You're oh, thinking of Nightcrawler, yeah. which is not found footage. The movie Creep is, uh, it's on Netflix. Um, someone, I think from... Oh, creep! Yes. Yeah, it's it's really good. Well, well I, uh, this guy is paid to uh, record this guy's life for like a week. Oh shit! But that's not found footage, is it? Yeah. Like the guy has. I the saw camera. bits of yeah. it, and I, I didn't remember him having the camera. No, it's all it's all found footage because that's what the guy's doing is yeah. recording this guy's shit. Yeah, I've seen that with the wolf mask, right? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, creep. Creep's good. Not quite what we're going for. Um, oh, you know what? Another thing that really inspired kind of Orpheus episodes was uh, horror anthologies. Uh, like Creepshow or uh, uh, the those Halloween movies, um, shit or or um, Tales from the Dark Side. Okay, there's like this 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 Halloween anthology horror movie thing with a kid who's called Pumpkinhead. Trick or treat. Trick or treat or whatever. Yeah, Trick or Treat, Creepshow, Tales from the Dark Side. Those anthology horror movies. Uh, a lot of those kind of inspire. Uh, at least one episode of Orpheus will do, where it's like kind of all these different things happening. On Halloween, yeah. Yeah, like something cool like that. But that, that's kind of one of the, the least fleshed out ones I've got. But it was something that I remember because we were watching a bunch of those during Halloween, uh, hilariously enough. Um, something Silent Hill theme, I think we mentioned as well. Like one where yeah. the town is. I think it's a ghost town where... I think I think it would be Silent Hill and maybe Welcome to Nightville kind of smashed together. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was a concept, right. Yeah, like, like we're we're getting into territory where we haven't written anything down or, or have thought about a lot, listeners. But these are kind of episodes that we we've been thinking about that might be coming up. So when we say episodes, we don't mean in the podcast sense. We mean like if this was a TV series, these would be like long episodes. And how that would translate to actual game and podcast stuff is these will be like like multiple sessions uh, that all tie into just you know one single thing they're investigating. And yeah, so. You know, basically like Sherlock, because Sherlock is basically seasons of mini-movies. Yep. I really, um... Uh, I really like the investigation aspect of things. Yep. Uh, that's definitely the more fun part for me for Orpheus-type games. Yeah, investigation is key, because that's kind of like the whole point of the game, is you're investigating supernatural horror, and then when you, you deal with the ghosts, you're trying to like either make them pass on or help them with their shtick or whatever. What about you, Kevin? What do you like about uh, Orpheus? I think it's about the same thing, yeah. It's definitely the... The mystery. The mystery. Which is a harder game type to pull off. Um, horror and mystery are, are up there. Uh, I think horror is the, the hardest, and it is... You know, I, I've only pulled off successful horror in, like, um, uh, Ravenloft. I think I've done successful horror. I think you guys mentioned that, that, that parts you felt, like, like stressed out or scared. The recorder scene. Oh, oh shit! shit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the really successful uh, horror um, session I remember wasn't from any of that. I don't even know what the fuck game we're playing. I think it was Cthulhu Tech? But, like, you were, like, legitimately scared Caitlin. Fuck yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so Cthulhu Tech is a thing, but you can ignore that. Um, the, the session was they were going through, like, like an old field that had, like, an old uh, uh, carnival in it. And, like, I, I did everything. We had the lights off, and we only had, like, backup red lights and stuff. And, like, I was banging on tables. And, like, I had, like, a remote set up for the TV every once in a while. Like, I, I pulled out all the stops, and and I was able to get the, the, the people there kind of spooked or kind of jittery. Oh, it was good. It was good, yeah. Hard to replicate. Horror is, is horror, true horror, where the people around the table get that kind of adrenaline rush or get creeped out going home. Or, you know, just stay awake a little bit extra afterwards. Very difficult. Um, you know, it looks like garbage if if handled ham-fistedly. And you just got to kind of know the people um, a little bit better just to kind of get under their skin. A lot of it is just knowing who your players are and kind of just trying to pop open the, the, the hood of them that is their car brain and just start pulling parts out of them until they start acting scared. Yeah, I remember when uh, we tried, someone tried to play a horror game that was, I believe, Werewolf, and he just decided to tell me that my character was scared and was crying, and I'm like, no. What? No. Yeah, yeah, but that guy was like 50, and uh, had been running since, uh, I don't know, before TSR existed, I think, like since since like the first edition of uh, D&D, and uh, he had his own problems. Oh, yeah. Horror is difficult. Mysteries are difficult because, you know, if you're playing if you're playing a role-playing game, the players around your table, and, you know, give them credit. The players around your table are imaginative types. They're creative types. They'll put together stuff much faster uh, than you would expect your average Joe or, like, someone from a TV show to put together. People in TV shows and movies are fundamentally handicapped. Yes. They, they, they are only as smart as the plot will allow them to be. Yeah, and it's like... All the stuff that generally happens in horror movies, it's like, no, we're not separating. Why the fuck would you do that? No, don't go into the fucking basement. Cabin in the Woods scenario. Yeah. Where they subverted that. I don't remember that movie very well. But okay. That reminds me, though, because Cabin in the Woods is e- reminds me of Evil Dead. The the Jason one was a little bit of Evil Dead mixed in. Uh-huh. But uh, that, that's the thing. With, with a horror game, to make your players... Uh, to, to, to do a mystery, I mean. I'm sorry, for a mystery game... Uh, your players are smart. Your players have seen just as much media or read as much media as you guys as you have. They will put those pieces together. If you put in a vague allusion to Rasputin, they will pick up on it like that, uh, just from cultural osmosis. So, see the thing I've noticed, especially um, I don't know if you do it on purpose, but it seems like you drop hints that are completely just fucking wrong. I have to because you know that we'll be it's like, leading, oh, yeah. it's that. It's that. It has to be that. It's just like red herrings. I, I absolutely have to. But if you use red herrings too much, then the PCs don't believe anything. Yeah. Um, so it, it, all of mystery is a balancing act between being ham-fisted and being so subtle that no one gets it. You have to find that middle ground. Mm. Uh, and yeah, like you know, if say the villain of the game is um, a lich or whatever. You know, you drop hints about Rasputin, and or and you're like, oh, okay, Rasputin's a lich. We'll look into Rasputin lore. And I look into Rasputin lore, and it turns out, you know, you pull a 180 on the history, and it's like, we're not fighting Rasputin, we're fighting Kochi the Deathless from European, you know, mythology. The first lich from mythology. 
you know, the guy who hid his soul in a pin, in an egg, in a chest, in a dog, in a tree, on an island, in the middle of nowhere. You gotta kind of shake shit like that up and subvert expectations. But not so much that doesn't make sense. You gotta be able to make connections that are kind of parallel. Basically move the train on parallel tracks, but still get to the same place at the end. Without it seeming forced. Uh, as far as uh, the hints and stuff you drop. Hmm. Uh, that's also another thing I'd recommend to people wanting to run mystery is leave out enough evidence for them to investigate that even if they go completely off the rails and investigate their own thing, you can kind of spin the adventure th- so the new thing they're investigating was the thing the entire time. Like if I write a game about you investigating vampires and you guys figure out that it's aliens and there's enough ambiguity there, I might just change it so it was aliens all along just to just to keep the game being fun. Or it's like, hey, it's Nosferatu. They're really alien-like. Well, w- without basically pulling you guys back there all along, sometimes I might just go completely off the rails and switch it to a different thing and act like it was that way the whole time. Hmm. That's, a, that's a valid thing to do, because it doesn't matter what it was supposed to be originally. You guys didn't know. But if you guys, you know, went through this whole thing and figured it out, then why not just change it? As long as it makes sense thinking back and we have like a recording record so you guys can check for inconsistencies and it's con- internally consistent, who's to care? So yeah, I think that's a bit more about meta Orpheus and, and kind of just horror and mystery games in general and kind of the kind of games we're going to run. Uh, can you think of anything else we should talk about for listeners who are interested in this Orpheus game? Like what questions maybe that you guys might have? I'll see if I can answer them. Uh, I've been trying to read up more on Orpheus and kind of get my head in the game, but because well, we're biggest, uh, because we're ditching so much, I basically have to start whole clothing it. My biggest question that I always had with Orpheus is, can I see ghosts normally? And if you're a projector, yes, but only after you go through the projector training. So yeah, your whole life you didn't see ghosts. It's just you probably could have seen ghosts, just not consistently. Projectors have a power that lets them always see ghosts, no matter if they're in or out of their meat. But yeah. normal people, you know, people who just yeah, like sometimes saw a ghost. they'll see a ghost. Yeah, sometimes, exactly. sure. Children, stuff like not that. all the time, not consistently, not in a way that can be scientifically tested. Which, shockingly enough, ghosts can be scientifically tested now for consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. Anything else? What's the kind of end game we're aiming for if we're not going to do the whole meta plot? God Almighty, do I uh, only have the vaguest notion? <laughs> um. I kind of bits and pieces I might take from the meta plot here and there that might work. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that you can investigate if you pull the string at. But this this might be an anthology game where every kind of arc is just a, a different story of you guys investigating ghosts and getting better at it over time. Hmm. Um, maybe if I'm if I'm especially clever, I'll tie a theme between every single arc so that there's like a final arc villain or challenge to overcome. Like maybe they'll all be connected somehow. Um, but I I am that is such an intricate thing that I. I it's hard to pull those off. You know, that's an Eddie the Head is Joe Zappa sort of scenario. <laughs> Which been... only, like, I'll get. Yeah, like, it, 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 is, a, it is a difficult uh, hat trick to pull. Um, so, for the time being, the, the direction of the game is, you know, it's... It's it, it's anthology. They're all kind of separate, distinct kind of things in the continuity of your characters. In between games, might take it, there might be a year in between, in, in between each game where you do minor stuff in the background we don't talk about. Hmm. Or briefly allude to. Hmm. It might not just be, you know, continuous one after another. Yeah, that would make sense. Hmm. 
essentially we'll probably keep running till till we as a group run out of really good ideas to tackle in Orpheus uh, in a, like a horror mystery discovery aspect. But we have so much. Um, just just to recap off from ahead, we have the the the, the Freddy versus Orpheus game. We have or obsession. We have uh, Grave Five Encounters, Nights. Five Nights of Freddy's, Never Seen or Heard from Again. Slenderman. Uh, yeah, the Marble Hornets. Um, I think you said that twice. Um, oh God, uh, uh, the the Night Vale one. That's kind of Silent Hilly. Mm-hmm. Um, Did we have Kent Crystal Lake in there? Yeah, that was the Freddy versus Orpheus one, or the Jason okay. versus Orpheus. Yeah, that's one. Jason. That's why I wasn't sure what you were talking about because it's also five minutes of Freddy's. Yeah, it's all over the place. That's at least six distinct things that might be like five, six sessions long a piece. So that, there's a there's a good bit of meat behind Orpheus. Where we would just be like, you know, we've done all of our stories. That That's it. There mm-hmm. is no more. Or, you know, more media might come out. Like, like the beauty of role-playing games is they reflect the the time period of the people playing them. I don't mean role-playing games like, a, like, a, like an industry or thing. I mean like... You, listener, you and your buddies sitting down playing games, they're they're kind of a time capsule of what you and your buddies were into at the time. Like, um, you know, when we were playing Mutoid Age or whatever, that's us really getting into Digimon and Pokemon and stuff. Uh, or us playing Ravenloft, that's us really getting into that kind of gothic fantasy, you know, sh- you know, ride we were on for a while. And other kind of bits of media get interjected into it. Like, um, Exalted, uh, right now we're playing Exalted, you know, it has its classical influences. Escaflown, Final Fantasy, uh, Gurren Logan is old enough now. Gurren Logan came up in, like, 2004, 2006? No, no, God, no, uh, 2009, maybe. Gurren Logan's, like, over five years old, over six years old by now. And it's just a part of Exalted, uh, in the Metis concept. Uh, same with Avatar. Avatar's old now, too. You know, it's just a part of Exalted. But new stuff's to be added to Exalted now. You know, Steven Universe is now just a part of, of Exalted for us as a group. Fusion, the whole kind of thing where people out of game will talk about how to bring Steven Universe stuff into our game. Or how to kind of make those kind of stories happen. Mm-hmm. And Or the Proto-Men with a lot of the stuff I do with the idea oh, yeah. of like a, like a punk Mega Man kind of story. Oh yeah. You know, that's what I'm into. I was into a lot more in the early stuff. I'm kind of still into it now. Uh, the Nightman and Exalted, you know, that's him right there. You know, that's that's my, my liking of the band, the Proto-Man, or the Megas. Um, so, like, as new stuff comes out, say when we play Orpheus or we play Exalted, there's going to be new stuff coming out, like Gravity Falls is, uh, is something that comes out. Uh, Steven Universe. Uh, we we, we, we kind of watch Game of Thrones. You know, it's okay. Uh, the Marvel movies being big. These things that we like, we'll put into our game in thinly veiled ways, you know, with just like like a little bit of a paper plate mask over top of it to cover it up. We should have one of those stereotypical beach beach episodes where we go to the beach and it's like, hey, we're on vacation, and then like supernatural shit happens. My character's like, gallon of sunscreen. <laughs> we, just, we just put her in like, the, like she's like, I need to freeze, I need to help. And it's like, we'll just put you in this ice cream freezer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, this'll work drink this bottle of antifreeze (laughs) god almighty uh but i guess what i'm saying is well we might run out of orpheus stories we've written based on stuff we've seen in the past but that's so far ahead it's it's at least like 30 40 sessions down the road 30 40 episodes individual podcast episodes down the road but as we continue 
consuming new media and seeing new stuff come out. You know, It Follows is this year. Uh, Welcome to Night Vale is two, three years ago, and it's influenced us. Um, well, we'll start adding more stuff to it. And that happens with your games, too. If, if you play games, listeners, and you record them or like just have memories of them, they're tiny little time capsules of shit you were just getting into and stuff you just started liking at the time that you liked enough to interject into your game. And that's cool. Um, oh, we should do a, a little addendum about the Wraith Curse. Oh, yeah. Okay, so please forgive me for not having a bunch of solid facts together, because I, I only did a bit of investigating when I was trying to look into um, why Wraith was taking so long, and a lot of people were saying the curse, and you know what, I'll give Wraith the latitude it needs for this, but... This is the internet, we don't need facts. Shh, fuck, right? So, the creator of Wraith, um, originally <laughs> Wraith was a game where you died and went to hell and were tortured by demons for your sins and shit. And, like, it was, like, this crazy fucking bullshit. And as it happened, um, I think the story goes along the ways that the creator at his house with his beta players or whatever, like, there was a lightning storm and lightning struck a power pole outside his house and the power pole crashed through his front room. Uh, and shit like that kept happening. Like, files getting wiped from servers and, like, people getting into car accidents and not getting hurt but their cars being totaled. Or, like, I don't know, crows coming out of the sky and taking, like, people's book bags away be hilarious if that was all just made up stuff because they were too busy procrastinating uh, oh my god i guess but i think like like the creator right now um i think he had like a death in the family or something or he's like really ill like like something happened to him while he's trying to make the 20th anniversary of fucking wraith and it's happening to him again fuck like as far as i know wraith is hunting him like a predator in uh stalking among the reeds and just waiting for him to uh, let his guard down before it takes him out for reals yeah. um so Wraith 20's been delayed a bit. Like, it, it, it right now is stalled. There, there's work being done, but, like, large parts of it can't continue because of just shit happening to the creator. And, like, other stuff, like, artists uh, have dropped out or have gone missing or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so the Wraith curse is basically whenever people try to rake, make Wraith, uh, bad shit happens to them. Like, I think... Uh, wasn't there a story of, like, a dude cutting his hand on, like, a broken window or something and blugging over, like, the wraith prints he had in his house or something? God. Just crazy fucking bullshit. It's like the Poltergeist movie all over again. It, uh, apparently. Like, I, I don't know how many of these stories are true or how many are anecdotal or whatever, but Wraith has a, a notoriety to it when it comes to delays that are freakishly out of the ordinary. So when people are, like... You know, Wraith is delayed. The the Onyx Path is like, we knew this would happen. We accounted for that when we started the Kickstarter. Uh, because this game is legitimately cursed. It is Poltergeist. <laughs> the, the movie Poltergeist where it killed everyone. That's another movie we, we should integrate into. Because uh, that's such a typical... Iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poltergeist is good. Uh, another one, uh, when I was talking about movie anthologies, would be the... Um, the... Uh, the uh, um, fuck... That those that television show, like The Outer Limits, but it was the original one. Scary door. The scary door, but it's um Fuck. Come on, the original the real one. Oh no. God fucking. All I can think of is the scary door. The um someone look this up. Nicole, look this up right now while we're stalling. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like this is The Twilight Zone. There we go. There we go. <laughs> the Twilight Zone movie was an it was a horror anthology movie. Um, and it also had a curse among it because the Twilight Zone movie killed a bunch of people. Also, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. 
And then there was uh, Friday the 13th, that movie series, or the TV series that was about Friday that. the 13th, the movie series, was supposed to be an anthology series. Mm. Every Friday the 13th movie was supposed to be a different horror thing attacking people based around, like, Friday the 13th or Halloween or whatever. That was... Like, Jason's yeah. mom was supposed to be the villain in the first one, then Jason the second one, then something different in the third no, one. No, that was the Halloween series that was supposed to be like that. Nope, Jason. Oh. Really? Huh. Yeah. I know nothing about the No, because Halloween as well, actually. Wait. Halloween did this Because the second one was where it was, like, with masks that, like, would kill children when they watched a certain TV show. Wait, I might be thinking Halloween. of... what's What was what, Freddy Krueger from? Freddy Labor Krueger. Mill Street. Yeah. It might have been that one, because he stopped being relevant in the third movie, where it's just some kid was acting out the murders. He was possessed by them. No, I don't think he was possessed. In the second he was just movie, crazy he was person. possessed by Freddy. He was? In the third movie, I think the third one is Dream Warriors, where they're in a mental asylum. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, Dream Warriors. And those kids have powers that do the... Fuck, I love those movies. Okay. I guess I'm just wrong. That's fine, but... That's like the first time I've ever heard you say that. Oh, Evan. fuck you. I admit I'm wrong all the time. Remember when I backed yeah, the Exalted all Kickstarter? All the time. <laughs> Shit. I was like, oh, my bad, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, Wraith has a curse. Watch out for that. It'll get you. Uh, so either we're gonna do, like, maybe in-character interviews, I think. Like, that might be a thing we do next, or... I think we should do the interviews and then move on to the actual... Like, the actual pilot episode? Yeah. Yeah, like, we might do that next, uh, or we might just jump into the pilot. It depends on how much we care, because I think the the point of the interview episodes would be to kind of let the listeners get into the characters' heads. Yeah, yeah. Also help us get into their heads. Yeah, that definitely. Exactly. And uh, I'm gonna draft up a Google Doc that has links on it, so you can, like, open up... So you can open up, uh, like, company internet stuff, listeners, uh, and, like, you know, see people's character sheets or see what their, like, healthcare write-ups are and stuff. Because like, there, there was a bunch of documents released for Wraith that was, like, company internet paperwork that you could have, like, PCs fill out for their characters for reality stuff, which I thought was cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll do that. I might be too lazy. Uh, but, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, I think so. So, either the episode after this will be the interviews kind of back-to-back, like we'll do them both and then splice them together, or it'll be the pilot episode. Uh, I guess whichever one you see, listeners, will tell you how lazy we were. <laughs> and that's Devin, Nicole, and Kevin signing off. Bye. Say goodbye to the listeners, Nicole. Goodbye, listeners, Nicole. You're a piece we of hate shit. You.